Welcome to Inspiration, Influence and Impact, the podcast with your host, Karen Caswell. Listen as guests from all walks of life share where they have found inspiration, who has influenced them in their lives and what impact they hope to have on the lives of others. These stories not only connect and empower us, but inspire, influence and impact those around us often more than we'll ever know. We acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and all Indigenous peoples of the world as the traditional owners and custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, sky and culture. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Inspiration, Influence and Impact, the podcast. This episode's guest is a lifestyle carer for the elderly, community champion and kindness advocate. She is a role model for all ages and selflessly volunteers much of her time and energy supporting young people, helping to empower them by giving them hope and confidence. I'm delighted to welcome Tammy Robinson to the podcast. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's nice to, to have you on and to be able to chat and share some of the things that you do. Thank you. I'm happy to be here to chat to you. For listeners who may not be familiar with your imprint on the world yet, can you please share a bit about your current context, your location, your work and your passion and vision? Yes. Um, so I run Formerly Ever After um, and I run it in Logan in Brisbane. Um, the program was designed for to help Year 12 students go to their formal. Um, I found out in Logan there were so many students that were missing out on their formals and they weren't going due to financial reasons. So I thought if I start a program where I give them free formal wear, um, more kids will get to go and celebrate with their friends and family. Um, I didn't realise how big the program would grow, though, in Logan, and now it's gone outside of Logan and I help kids from everywhere. Um, a lot of the kids that come here now, it's not just financial struggles either, I found out. It's things like anxiety, ADHD, Asperger's, um, so many different, like disabilities, so many different reasons that they come here. When I have the girls that come here, like the size that we were talking about before, um, they tend to come here because they're embarrassed and they don't feel confident. So when they come here, the aim for me is to make them feel empowered and confident so that they'll go away and see that their whole community want them to go to their formal. They'll just feel, I guess for their words, normal, just normal. They'll, they'll feel like they fit in and they won't feel any different to anyone else despite what's going on. So that was kind of my aim, you know, when I started it was just so every student from every school that I can reach can get to their formal. I started in 2019 and I thought even if I dress one student, it's going to be enough. It's still one student that will get to go. And I think my last count um, about a month ago was 1,500 Year 12 students and about 450 other students and people, people that need help. So like people with terminal illness that just want to have that one special photo opportunity, you know, photo, photos with families or at the moment I'm dressing a wedding party because um, the mother passed away last year and the dad's terminal. So he just wants to see his daughter get married. So mm. things like that I want to help with because I think that it matters and, you know, it's so important to help them. So amazing. And, you know, you had your original idea, which was for, you know, year 12 students for their formal, but 
you know, as you say, you've now realised how many other people um, you can reach and help and support. I try and stick with the program as much as I can to make it students. Mm. But, yeah, if anyone reaches out to me and there's a genuine reason, like I obviously I just don't want to be Tammy the free dress and suit lady, you know, like it loses its purpose and yeah. people stop donating. I think there has to be a purpose to it. I, obviously I have a heart. So if someone messages me and says, Tammy, can you please help me? I'm helping them, yeah. sure. And, you know, I think it probably takes quite a bit for people to be vulnerable enough to reach out and message you as Lots well. Of. So, you uh, you know, probably not many people are, are taking advantage in, in that sense because, you know, it can be a bit embarrassing, I suppose, um, for some people, I guess, to admit that they do need that help. Yeah, and I find that this is how I, I think the right people will find me mm. and to me and when they say, oh, how do we ask for help? I just reply to them, well, you just did. Yeah. So now book you an appointment you know it's that simple like I'll say oh do we need a healthcare card or do we need to prove to you that we don't have money no you don't you just asked me so you know I trust that the right people are going to come to me and I, I don't think that I've had anyone wrong come I think that everybody that comes they're just so grateful like honestly mm-hmm. they're just grateful for the community and for everything that's here and they're genuine people just needing a bit of a hand that's that's what it is and someone said to me once or you're helping disadvantaged people. And I said, but they're not disadvantaged. They're very advantaged. They just need a bit of a hand up. That's all. Mm. And that's how I like to think of it too, you know. We're, we're just trying to make people feel better about themselves and lift a bit of a burden too because, mm. you know, so many people are feeling that way at the moment. You know, at any point or season in our life, we all need a hand up with different things. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, as you know, you know, I'm a big fan of, of your program. So I think it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I love doing it. I love doing it. So where have you found inspiration and what impact has it had? When I first started, I think I may have talked to you about it. When I first started, I'd lost three really important people in my life. So I lost one of my closest friends with leukemia. Then I lost my mum and then I lost my grandma. And it was all in a three-month period. So for me, they were the people that inspired me the most. They were the people that when I wanted to give up and go, this is hard, or when I was dealing with grief from their loss and I wanted to just lay down and cry, I thought, what would these three women want me to do? And they were such big inspirational people in my life. They were such strong and brave women that I thought, they would tell me to get back up and keep helping our students, helping our children. So they're the three, even now, like when I moved and all that, it was such a huge thing and I was so overwhelmed with my own anxiety. I was so overwhelmed that I thought, oh, no, I can't do all this. And then those three women, I thought about them and I thought, what would they want? What would they be saying? You know, so for me, it's those three women that inspire them, me the most every day, like every mm. single day. Mm. Yeah. And even with your move, you know, that karma or that ripple of kindness, you know, people gave back to you. Yeah. You give so much to the community, but you you did have that help and support people giving back to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Even my real estate, like the real estate I had at the other house, he found me this house. Like he sent me a text and went, Tammy, I found you a great house. I said, can I have my puppy dog? And he was like, yep. And I went, can I have the charity? And he went, yep. And I was like, okay, I'll come check it out. I said to him, oh, how do I apply? And he was like, oh, no, like you've already applied now. So <laughs> do you want this house? So, you know, he just, and he says to me all the time when he rings me, he goes, I just want to start with, we think what you do is amazing. 
Mm. So you know, it's just I think that's it. It's it's a whole ripple through the community and it makes people happy. It makes people mm. happy. It should make people happy because it's such like when you when you hear about people coming and when you see those students' faces, it's just priceless. It's really priceless. And people say to me all the time, you spend so much time on it, but what do you get out of it? And I get so much. Like I mm-hmm. get so much. It makes my heart happy. I feel blessed that I get to be a part of it. I feel more grateful for the things that I have. You know, it's just and, – and it brings together a community like you wouldn't believe. Like that's what it does. It brings together people and – Everybody loves to donate and everybody loves to be a part of it and help out, like helping me move. I had one of the ladies, I dressed her son and two of her daughters. Um, She helped me move. She put aside two days and her son um, didn't go to college for two days because he wanted to help me move too, you know. So people like to give back in little ways and Mm. it's just cool. At the start, I used to be a bit funny about that because I didn't want people to give me stuff. I wanted to, you know, help them but then I realized it's a two-way street like people want to do that you know even if their way of giving back to me will be going home and grabbing granddad's suit and dropping it off that's their way that's their thing so I had to learn that I've had to learn a lot along the way (laughs) Mm. and I think it is so much easier for us to give to others it's a lot harder to, to accept it or to ask which I think even then is so much more important, like I was saying before, is, you know, people do find it hard to ask for that help. You've just said you find it hard to ask for that help and yet you're here going to people, ask me for help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had to learn though because um, at the start I wouldn't ask for help and then I had to realise that, you know, here all these people are and I remember when, like, I'd lost the people that I loved, um, I had to ask for help. When I started this, I'd already started that little thing of ask for help, but I still had a limit, you know. I still had a barrier of how much help I would ask for. And I, I myself, um, I was a single mum. I've got a new partner now who just lives with me, but for the last few years I've been a single mum and the burden that I felt mm. and the times I felt like I'm failing, I get how these mums feel when they come here. Like I really get it. When you don't have enough money and you're thinking, I've got this to do and I've got that to do and I've got this to do and how do I make it? work Mm. how do I make it work and the amount of nights you go to bed and you're crying because you just you want the very best for them but you just can't give it and so you know I get the women that are coming here I get the families that are coming here and I just I I got so much help when I was at that spot I got so much help from friends and family and the community like community organizations that now when I see the women and men that come here like that I can pass on information to them right, these are the people that helped me when I was writing this. These are the people that helped. And, like, I know how broken you feel at the moment because I've been there. So let's work out some ways, not just dress your child today, but let's work out how we can help you with other stuff. So even though I've had to learn myself, now mm. I can help people from it. So I think that's a good thing too. Like, yeah, and that's amazing because that's truly empathy in action. You know, you've sort of become a little bit of a a little bit of a hub for for information, yeah. not just, you know, for support, not just for formal wear. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, th- I think that's good. You know, I have ladies that come here with DV and I honestly, like, I don't share it with a lot of people, but I, I lived in DV from age of five mm. all the way through my whole life until my current partner pretty much. So the women that come here, I know places I can refer to them to. Mm. I know what they're feeling, you know. I, I get it and I think that's why it's such a success too is because a lot of the stuff that the people come in here to me, I've I've already been through it in some yeah. form, through some of it, you know, or children with mental um, illness or stuff. 
I have the same. So I get that. With mm. anxiety, I've got anxiety. My younger daughter's got really bad anxiety. I get that. The other big thing is I think you have to really learn. I remember there was a time in my life where I was really judgmental to other people. And I think as you grow and go through things, you change. And I think that when I went through a lot of grief and that it changed exactly who I was and you just become more grateful for everything in your life. You become more grateful that you're alive and you you see things like, for me, time isn't the most important thing and the time that I've got, I use it really wisely. So this program, mm-hmm. and I use it wisely with my children, you know, like I don't take anything for granted anymore and I make sure that every second counts. The program that I'm doing, I feel like I was sort of just plodding along in life and then I got to this program and that's like a life purpose. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. Someone asked me yesterday, how long do you think you'll do this for? And I said, well, I'm nearly 50. I'm 50 in a few weeks. So I reckon I've got 25 more years to go. (laughs) Do this till I'm 75 and then we'll find someone who really loves it as much as me and they can take over. And people say, oh, you give up so much time or, oh, you need a break or you need this. But reality is I don't need a break. I love it. Like why do you need a break if you love something? And then I love my job. I love my job so much working with old people. You don't need a break if you love it because it's not a chore to do it. And my, my new partner, Uncle, he comes down here with me and he loves it just as much and he can see how much I love it. So we'll have our date night tagging dresses and sorting donations. <laughs> People say to him now, aren't you tired doing it? And he goes, no, I'm just like Tammy. I love it. Why would yeah. I be tired doing it? And we're just like joking around, you know, just enjoying it. It's, mm. it's fun. And it's amazing that, you know, because you, you would be bringing joy to so many people, but it brings you so much joy. Yeah, it brings me so much joy. Every time a student comes here and I see them change and I see their confidence grow and then I see how happy they are when they find that dress or suit, that just refills my heart up that little bit more. And I think like someone said to me, do you think that helped heal your heart when you lost so many people? Because I lost my my friend and my mum and my grandma and then I lost my dad a few months later so for me that six month period was insane like it was just a huge amount of grief that I didn't know how to cope with you know so I just kept focusing focusing on looking after old people dressing the young kids for the formal and it healed my heart so when people say to me you don't get anything back these kids bless me every time they walk through my door. That's what they do. So you know, I think I get a lot out of it. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a money thing. Like I had a boy yesterday say, Miss, how much does our school pay you for this? And I said, no, they don't pay me anything. He said, what do you mean they don't pay you anything? I said, well, they don't pay me anything. This is all provided by the community. He goes, but Miss, you spend so much time doing this. Like you've helped us last year. I helped the same school. It's like you help us all the time and you help so many students that you must get a payment. And I went, no, no, I just do this because I love it. And he just stopped and he looked at me and he went, wow, you're really kind. And this is a 17-year-old boy and I, I want to leave that impact on people. Like I, I want to leave little seeds so that people see kindness is free. I want to I leave that to people. I don't want it to always be you have to have money. Like everything revolves around money. It should be that communities come together and help each other. That's, that's what mm. I think, you know. So such important message. <laughs> yeah it's such an important message like you know we're always telling our kids like I remember when my oldest one was at school he got to year nine and they said to him you must know what you're going to do with the rest of your life you Mm. must know now what do you want to do do you want to go to university what do you want to study what do you want to be and he came home to me and he was so overwhelmed and he said mum do I have to know all that and I went no you don't you just need to be your teenager you just need to enjoy it 
cover your bases with all your subjects so you can do whatever you want to do, study hard, work hard, like good student, really great student, but you don't have to know today. Like you don't have to know, you know. And they were all talking about you need a good job so you can earn lots of money. Mm. Like, no, you need a job you love so that you feel good about going every day. And I always say to the kids, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day. And that's that's how they see me when I work with old people as well. Um, I started volunteering when I was 12 years old in a nursing home, just going and hanging out with old people, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that just followed me through my high school years. And when I got to 18, I moved to Sydney and I got jobs and I started working in nursing homes down there and then continued that. And now I'm a carer in the community. Um, and I love it. I feel bad for getting paid someday. Well, we've all got to eat and we've all got to have somewhere to live. So, I, you know, the money does help in that sense. <laughs> if I didn't have to pay rent, I didn't have to eat, I would just go hang out with them. But, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, because I had a really great day. You know, I made them laugh. And that's I, that's what I want to do. I want to make my clients happy when I go and see them in the daytime. And then I like to know that the students, when they come here, that they walk away happy. Like it just... I don't know, it just makes me feel good. So mm-hmm. just like you say, when I share it on social media then, it just ripples right through. And, I mean, I have a lady from Tasmania. She just sends me messages all the time telling me how great I've made her feel and she just sent up a package, which part of her package went to the um, bride that's getting married, uh, Tiara for her. It's going all around. I had a lady from America message me the other day oh, saying, really? one of my friends shared, and I just want you to know from way over here, do you made me happy. And it's nice. So you've mentioned um, some people already who I guess were an inspiration, but is there anyone else who has influenced you and in what way? I thought about that before and I thought it's probably exactly who I say through my life have influenced me, mm. my my mom and my dad. My big brother's a huge influence to me and my best friends. My children are huge influences to me. You know, they teach me stuff every day that I've taught them that I forget. Mm. <laughs> we went to a volunteer award and I looked around and I was blown away by the people that were there and I kept saying to my two older children why are we here like why are we here why are we at this lunch like we shouldn't be here there's so many other people that could be here and my kids just kept looking at me funny you know and I said look at these people they're amazing they're incredible they're so inspiring they've done 20 30 years of volunteer work look what they've done for their community Anyway, my kids kept saying, but, Mum, you should be here too. Mm. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, I shouldn't be here. Other people should be here. Anyway, we got home and I was hanging up clothes on the line and my older daughter, she's 26 today actually, she came out and she said to me, Mum, what do you mean like you shouldn't be there? And I said, oh, I don't know. I just think there's other people. There's people that I admire so much more that I think they should go. And she said, if that was me, Mum, and I was doing what you were doing, and we went to something like that and I said to you, I shouldn't be here. There's more deserving people that should be here. What would you say? Would you say that what I do is not much or would you say it's amazing? And I went, oh, of course I'd say it's amazing. You're my daughter. And she went, well, there you go. And then she walked mm. away. <laughs> you know, my kids are constantly reteaching me the things that I taught them. So I think that there, and like my son, he's always pushing me. He pushed me to do it at the beginning when I had doubt and I said, you know, oh, I can't do this, I'm just a mum. And he was the one standing there, um, 17 years old at the time, saying, what have you taught us? It just takes one person to make a difference, mum. So just give it a go. He says it to me all the time. He says, remember when I told you just give it a go and you were doubting yourself? 
I'm just like, ah, oh, why were you right? But, you know, that's what I've taught them. So for me, they're probably the people that inspire me the most every day, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. children. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the idea somewhere else or um, was it something you came up with? Where did the inspiration for the program come from? So when I first started, I was trying to find a place to donate my own formal stuff, like my older kids' formal stuff, just dresses that I bought online thinking I would wear. And then I went, why are these in my cupboard? I'm never going to wear them around the So I went for a place and I couldn't find anywhere. And so I ended up giving it to an op shop and then – Probably a couple of months later, I saw a post pop up on my Facebook feed and it was a lady in the Gold Coast and a lady in another city and they'd both been asking for donations. And I saw that people couldn't get to their places where they were, like they were too far to travel. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm in Logan if you want, ladies. I'll just collect for you and then we'll work out how to get the stuff to you. It's not a problem. Like I'd like to help. Anyway, the first lady that was bringing donations to me to give to one of these cities I stood in my driveway and she put eight dresses in my arms and I looked at my son and I said, there's something wrong with this picture. We're about to take eight dresses from a lady in Logan to give to another city to help girls with formals where they've already got programs established. And meanwhile, eight girls in Logan aren't going. And my mm. son was in year 12 that year. And he said, mom, there's so many kids in my, in my year that aren't going to formal because they can't afford it. And that's when he said, well, do something about it, mom. So I went back to the other ladies and I went, look, I'm all happy to collect for you if you need me to, but I think I need to do this here because I think for our kids in Logan, I'm like I grew up in Woodridge, so I've spent a lot of my life in Logan uh, with a single mum and we were extremely poor. So I said to um, the ladies, I know how hard it is when you live here. If you don't have money for bread and milk, you're not going to get in your car and drive an hour away mm. on a maybe you'll get a suit like it's just not doable you know uh there's more important things they're, they're honestly just like for a parent there's yeah. more important things you're putting on the table you're not going to travel and maybe you'll get a dress that fits them or a suit that fits them you know so I thought I just needed to be in the heart of Logan that's what I need so then I started asking my friends and family and then they just showered me with stuff and a lot of my friends are teacher aides or teachers so they just kept spreading and spreading and spreading and then um I moved and I packed everything up and put it in a unit and thought if it's meant to be, I'll keep dressing kids. You know, I'd done one season, meant to be, I'll keep dressing kids. And then I moved to my other house and I think I dressed 236 kids in that first season. And then when I moved to my other house, I was there for two and a half years and the total number of people all up that I dressed was 1,770. So while I was at that house. So, Mm. and when my real said to me, where do you want to move to, Tammy? And all my friends were like, well, not all my friends, but a lot of my friends were like, you're going to get out of Logan, aren't you? And I said, no way, no, that's where I'm staying because this is where the program needs to be. If I move somewhere else, the kids can't get to me. Mm. So I'd actually said to my real estate, I only want to be in Woodridge or Kingston. That's the only place I want to be because it's central. That's, mm. that's where they need. They You can't be somewhere else because then they can't get to you, Yeah, you know? It's just it has to be this way. And we found a really nice house, so it's perfect. Your downstairs area there looks looks amazing for, for what you're doing. <laughs> Beautiful. And the people, you know, when they come in, they're just blown away. And one of the big things is, too, I wanted to create a space that showed our young people how much we respect them and how much we value them and how much we care about them as a community. I didn't want to create a space where it's like that will do. Like I'll have a few dresses and a few suits chucked in a room 
all muddled up on a rack, you know. Like I do everything by colour, I do it by size, it's all tagged, it's all washed and clean and beautiful, you know. And I like that because it it shows the kids that we do value them and that they're enough and that it doesn't matter what their financial situation's like, what anything else is going on. It doesn't matter about any of that. When you walk through this door, you're going to be treated like you're a million dollars. You're going to have everything here that you need. There's shoes, there's accessories, there's perfume, there's makeup, there's dresses, there's suits, ties, everything they need. So they basically can come in here, one-stop shop. Mm. You know, they can get it and they feel walk away feeling like people care about them. And that's mm. so important. I had um, Project Booyah, I dress a lot of the kids from there. So it's a, a program with the police and the PCYCs. And it's to help kids that are maybe going a little off track it's to help get them back on track and hopefully get them either back into school or into the workforce and get them out of a bit of trouble that they're getting into. Um, I've had six of the different locations come to me this year and one of them came from Sunshine Coast. They drove down. Mm. And then they went and they had a few extra girls that couldn't make it the first time, so they came back. The police officer was telling me that one of the girls that he brought down the first time, he's known her for a long time and she's always sort of been on a path that wasn't quite the right way. When they went back on the bus, she talked about what I was doing and he talked about why I do it and the impact I'm trying to have and what I'm the community I'm trying to create. And now she wants to do the same thing in Sunshine Coast. And mm. she said to him, I finally have a purpose. And when you told me about that, I was nearly crying because right. I thought yeah. that that made such an impact mm. on that young girl. Right? Mm. And that's what I hope. It just plants a little seed. I hope that it does change lives. Like that's mm. that's one group is that, you know, kids will go away and go, wow, that lady was kind to us for no reason, mm. you know, and the community is behind her because whenever they say to me, thank you, I go, oh, no, this isn't just me. Like this is our whole community I want you to go to your formal. And so I hope that that will just change the way they think that little bit. And if they are going a little bit that way, you know, to the left, maybe it will just get them back on track again. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, it is true, isn't it? One moment or one experience can change the direction of your life. And, you know, it sounds like for that that one example, that one girl, that's what's happened. Yeah, yeah. I truly believe that. I mean, if you think back like when you were younger and stuff in your teenagers, you think about the moments in life when people were kind to you, you always remember those moments. Like I remember when this really old lady was kind to me when I was about six. I remember her having a – she used to invite us over to her house and let us help her cook. She didn't need our help. We were trouble. Like we were just trouble. But she would get us over there because she knew that it made us happy. Mm. And so I think that was where my love for old people came, mm. you know, because she was over there. And I, I still remember her now and I'm nearly 50. And I remember this lady all the time. I remember exactly what we did at her house. We used to make the marshmallow Easter bunnies with her and she'd let us sprinkle the coconut on them and draw the dots on the eyes, <laughs> you know, little things like that. And that made an impact, I think, to make me want to do kind things to other people through my life, just mm. from her, because we didn't have a lot of that when we were younger. Mm. So the people that we had really kind to us has really stuck with us. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I think it would just, I think it would change their worlds. Yeah, and for some, you know, some kids and um, even adults, their life that they're living, often that's missing. There's not a lot of people who do show them that kindness. You know, it's a very challenging environment for them. Yeah, that's right. And I have ladies that come here and say, can we just hug you? Well, you know, they start to cry when I say it's free because they'll be like, we've been stressing out online about how much this is going to cost. Do you have afterpay? 
And I go, oh, no, no, this is all free. Mm. And I'm like, did you miss that on the thing? Like, no, it's all free, everything. And they go, what do you mean? And I said, no, everything here is free. This is given from the community. Like it's gifted to me to give to you guys, like to clean up, to put on the racks. This is for you guys for free. They go, oh, we thought just the initial appointment was free. This one lady said, I've been worried all night. Like I did not know how I was going to pay for this. And I'm like, well, you don't have to worry now because like everything that she wanted to have in the room, she can have. And she went and sat on the stones at my garage and she sat there and she was crying. She came back and she went, can I just have a hug? I was like, of course you can. Of course you can have a hug, you know. And those things make me cry too, but it makes me happy that we can give that to people, like, you know, and not just just lift that stress off them, really. Mm. Just lift so they don't feel alone as well because then they know it's not just me at my house, it's all of us. Like, you know, I'll say to people, someone comes here and they get outfitted from head to toe, that could be 10 people that help with that outfit. Like that could be 10 people, you know. So it's really important to remind people of that too. Like I don't want people to think it's just me sitting in my house doing this because without everybody I wouldn't be doing this. Like it's only because people trust me enough to do it and like keep donating (laughs) that it's even possible. Because if people didn't donate, I wouldn't be doing it. Uh, One boy said to me, "Miss, do you buy all this from the shop? (laughs) I was (laughs) like, no, this is from people like me and your mum and you next year after you've had your formal and you Mm. donate your suit back. This is from all of us. He's like, oh. Okay, it's a lot, miss. And I go, yeah, I know it's, yeah. it's a lot. So throughout the conversation, um, you've shared the, the impact you hope to have and through the, the power of kindness. Is there anything else you wanted to add about what impact you hope to have on others? I just hope that people can understand, you know, like I I remember I had a um a person say to me, people should work harder so they can afford things. But I think I really want to put to people that, don't judge people because, you know, mm. that could be at any time and I'm proof of that. I was living in a situation where I had plenty of money, you know, and then uh, a marriage breakdown and I became a single parent with nothing, with literally nothing, like left with nothing. And I had no money at all. I barely paid my rent. I, we, we, we lived on food packs, you know. So at any point, anything can happen to any mm. of us. So I think people just need to be kinder to people. You know, when you see that homeless person sitting there, don't walk past them and don't look down on them. Like, go into the shop and buy them a drink of water or, you know, get them some sandwiches. So, and teach our kids that. Like, mm. teach our kids that we're supposed to be kind to each other. We're supposed to care about other people. We're not supposed to go through life and be all about just making money and how much money we have. It's what we do. It's what we do and who we are that's going to matter the most at the end of the day. That, that's what I really believe. Like, And that's what I try and teach my kids, you know. We have to be good people and we have to be nice to each other. We, ha- mm. we have to. We have to. Yeah, it truly is so important. So just some quick inspirational, influential or impactful recommendations. <laughs> who should we connect with or follow? I was thinking about this. So there was a lady um that I went to a DV workshop and there was a lady and her name is Sally Steele and she wrote a book that said we need to care less about what other people say and we mm-hmm. need to do what makes us happy and I remember she said at this thing and I was a guest speaker at a, a DV thing recently and they asked me you know like who impacts on me and I said that she did because I remember I used to be so worried about what other people thought and what other people would think of me and how they would judge me as well 
that I never really did what I wanted to, including my ex-husband. Um, and I remember she said, if you have those gold sparkly um, shoes in your wardrobe, you should go home and you should put on those gold sparkly shoes and you shouldn't care what anyone thinks of you. <laughs> I remember I had a pair of gold sparkly <laughs> shoes I would have it in my cupboard and I went home and I thought, I don't wear these because I think what other people will think. And I bought them because I loved them and they made me so happy, but I sat them in my cupboard. Mm. But do you know what? I need to do more of what makes me happy. And so I put on those shoes and I started wearing them and I just would listen to little things she'd said during that um, talk that she was giving, listen to little things, and it built me up that bit more and bit more and made me think about caring less about mm. what other people say. And it kind of through her talking gave me the strength to leave the situation I was in. And I was there for 20 and a half years, so it was a long time, that marriage. Mm. And I got stronger just from her little motivational speaking, got a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger, left that situation, and I still wear those gold glittery mm. shoes now. They're nearly on the last legs, but I wear them all the time, and every time I put them on, I remember care less, you mm. know, And because, as I said, I do have anxiety, so that really helps me too. I think care less, care less what about other people think. Don't get overwhelmed. Just do what you can do. Do one thing at a time. Just keep going, you know. So, yeah. Sorry, I tend to go with more. I look for a lot of positive affirmations. So around my house is a lot of positive affirmations everywhere. You know, like first thing when I get up, I've got a quote that says, you are beautiful. And on my mirror, I've surrounded it with things like you are strong, you are brave, you know, like all inspiring things. And then when I go into the bathroom, it says start every day thinking about something that you're grateful for. So then I open my window and I think about something I'm grateful for. And I think all those things do help. They mm. help. They help keep you positive and they help keep you on track. And you pass that happiness on to other people through your day then too. Yeah. It's great to have those reminders because we can forget, don't, can't we, when, when things are busy or when things get us down. They're the first sort of things that we do tend to, to forget. Yeah, that's right. And then we get depressed or our mm. anxiety you know we get stressed out and uh, I think um you can be angry and I, one of my good friends that's really inspiring actually her name's Selena um she said to me at one stage she said just be loved Tammy and at first I thought I was so angry at the time I remember I was so angry you know because I'd lost those people that I love and I was really angry at the world and I thought just be loved like what it's so unfair like why would I just be loved but each day I kept thinking about what she said to me and each day I felt my heart soften a little more and I started thinking, she's right. That's what you've got to do. You've got to just be loved. Mm. And so now I'm constantly chanting it in my head, you know, during the day, just be loved. Like that, it's that simple. It's that simple. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> what book is a must read? Well, to be really honest, I don't read any books anymore because I don't get time. I've got three bookshelves of books and it's a lot of motivational stuff as well and a lot of books like gratitude journals, mm -hmm. um, books just like Sally's has a lot of inspiring quotes in it that I'll flick through. I've got a lot of books for like anxiety and how to deal with it and quotes to get you through the day. So they're honestly the kind of things I read now. I just between work, my nearly 12-year-old formal, yeah. I just don't get time read I mm. don't like sadly <laughs> so I can't tell you a book besides Sally's that I love that's okay hers is on my bedside table oh. so I pick it up and I flick through it and just even the cover of it just reminds me you know mm. care less 
So besides yours, what cause should we support? I think that we should all support Beyond EV. So they help women from domestic violence. Uh, The founder, her name's Carolyn Robinson, surprisingly, same last name as mine. (laughs) And she does amazing work. The workshops she does, um, they save people's lives, like literally they're just about to, well, they have already started. They're doing a big um, apartment complex for survivors of DV. And so the women will be able to go and live there. It's, a guy decided one day he heard about them, so he decided that he wanted to help. He put his money into these apartment buildings and he's funding the whole thing. And so he contacted Carolyn from Beyond DV and together they've worked out how to make the most out of this land that they had and build these buildings and then women that are fleeing domestic violence will be able to live there and they live there for I'm not quite sure if it's six or 12 months and they build them up and then they can move to other places Mm. after that. And I think that's a really big thing when you leave a DV situation is to have somewhere safe to go because so many women go back. So many women go back. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big supporter of Beyond DV or any other DV programs out there, any, any at Mm. all, big, huge Mm. supporter of those. Yeah. Yeah, That's unfortunately such a huge problem in our society. Yeah, very, very big. And, you know, the financial control is just, it's incredible and the coercive control. Uh, when I was at the Beyond DV um, events, Hannah Clark's parents were there mm. and so they're part of the program with Beyond DV for the um, buildings, for the um, houses for the DV survivors. And so to see them and to hear them talk about their daughter and what she went through too and, you know, they've used that, they've taken that and they've made it into something positive and through their loss they're helping other people and, you know, I can I can see that that I've done the same thing, you know, through my loss, I'm helping other people. And I think that's how we become that. Like we all have some kind of story, I guess. And, you know, it's it's what we do with that after. So mm. if we, we use those losses we have, something positive and build something great from that. And last recommendation, where is your dream travel destination? My dream travel destination. So I went to UK in 2019 and I just want to go back there. I just want to go back with my one-year-old. I just want to go visit the castles again. We stayed in a castle for a week. It was beautiful. We were there for four weeks right before COVID hit. Thank goodness. Um, I just want to go back there and drive around again for another four weeks. I just loved every every part of it I love. So, UK. Awesome. What's the best way for the listeners to connect and engage with you? Uh, probably through the Facebook page, formerly Ever After. I'm on Instagram too, so I check both each day. Ringing me is not always a good thing because I'm always at my real job working. Yep. If people re- if people text my phone number, I will get back to them. Or if they leave me a message, an audio message, I'll get back to them. But Facebook is usually the best way. And then they can make an appointment if they want an appointment straight through Facebook too. Awesome. So we'll link that in to the show notes so everyone knows where to go and where to find that information. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to chat with me on the podcast. I'm so happy to be able to talk with you and to share what you do because I think that you what you do is truly amazing um, and you're having such a positive impact on so many lives. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening and I hope you found something inspiring, influential or impactful to take away. 
I'd be honoured if you shared the podcast with friends and colleagues and would greatly appreciate it if you could show your support by subscribing and leaving a review and rating for the podcast. Please connect with me on social media at at KCASW1 on Twitter and at Authenticity underscore in underscore edu on Instagram as I'd love to continue the connection.